Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. It's time to go inside the film room with veteran scout and coach Chris Landry and Scott Seidenberg breaking down college football from a different angle. It's the College Football Film Room Podcast. And let's head inside the College Football Film Room alongside veteran scout coach and consultant Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And Chris, let's take some time here to review what we saw in week two of the college football season, which featured some really big games for teams with national championship aspirations. There's no question about it. I think there are two storylines that stood out. Obviously, Clemson's dominance and relative ease in which they took care of Texas A&M. Defensive game plan was outstanding, I thought, Scott. I thought Brent Venables did a great job attacking Kellen Mond, who really had a great game against Clemson last year. Um, A&M could get nothing done offensively. Defensively, they didn't play all that bad against Clemson. But that was key. And then obviously maybe the Hallmark game, the most exciting game was the LSU-Texas game. LSU's offense, everybody is a flutter about what they're doing offensively and excited. Uh, it got a little bit of a Big 12 shootout feel, and they were able to handle business in Austin. Um, air conditioned or not, it was, it, was an, it, was an <laughs> it was an interesting game. That think the thing going forward here um, – and I've mentioned this on some local platforms here for LSU, uh, that it's going to be interesting to see how they adjust and can maybe going forward, how they play complementary football because their defense was on the field too much and their defense didn't play like the LSU dominant defense because they were on the field too much. And that is a big part of the reason why they had some cramp issues. I know Texas folks thinks that it was fake injuries, but you know, to which degree it were cramps, in which I think there were significant. The, the biggest thing is LSU's defense is not used to being on the field that many snaps. Yeah. They get off the field quicker, and the offense possesses the football longer. Texas's defense is more equipped and more they're more used to doing that. So I think going forward, that's interesting. But I will say this. You better be prepared, Auburn, Florida. If you're coming into Baton Rouge, you better bring your offense because I think even against good defenses, this LSU offense is better equipped to score against those two teams. And, of course, everyone's going to want to see in Baton Rouge. Those games are expected to win. But late in the year, it's what they do against Alabama. And it is not too early to at least peek in and say – Oh, boy, that Alabama-LSU game, I know it's big, but it hadn't been all that big the last few years. This has a chance to be as big as the one 
that took place in 2011, mm-hmm. uh, which is a 9-6 game. Yeah, and boy, yeah. we could have two different. It may be. It's going to look a lot different than 9-6. It may be 39-36 <laughs> this year, perhaps. But it's a little early. <clears throat> a lot of work for both of those teams to do. But certainly LSU's got an offense, but they can't lose ground with their defense. Uh, we'll see how that is going forward. That headline, some of the stories, but man. Major problems in Knoxville, major problems in Tallahassee, still with a win. Um, and, and we're going to take you a little bit conference by conference, kind of how things played out this week. Really interesting to see how some of these teams are developing. Well, Chris, if you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. Did you know you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you could always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. Join now, and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code CFILM. That's promo code CFILM to activate the offer. That's promo code CFILM. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Yeah, and let's start right there in the SEC because we just spent some time on the LSU-Texas game. And I joked around with all their cramping issue. I said, somebody better find Adam Sandler and get the water boy on the sidelines because they need to find a hydration specialist or something. Uh, but uh, look, it's early in the season. They were playing in Texas. I know they're used to the humidity there in Baton Rouge as well, but uh, that was a little upsetting to see the, the, a bunch of players go down uh, on the defensive side of the football. But you mentioned everything about their offense, Chris, and, and it really is a new look. Tiger team. Joe Burrow was fantastic. The score is closer than the game actually was. Texas scored a late touchdown there uh, in the closing minute, which made the score a little closer, and they had to kick an onside kick, and LSU recovered. But LSU went up uh, big late. They held the lead. They answered, which this is the thing that impressed me the most about them, Chris. They answered every time Texas came back. So LSU would do something well offensively. They'd score. They'd go ahead. And here it is, Texas not going away. And credit Tom Herman's team. They didn't go away. They'd punch back. But for every punch back, LSU and Joe Burrow responded on offense, which to me was the biggest takeaway from the game. Well, I was impressed with how Texas played as well. And Texas missed some opportunities. They dropped a touchdown early in the game with a back that was uncovered out of the backfield. So there's some definitely some missed opportunities. But again, the LSU's defense was a byproduct of being on the field a lot. Now, early in the game, they were going down a little bit. But, again, let's monitor that. Some other thoughts around the SEC. Really rough, uh, really easy opponent. South Carolina and Halinski, ran the, they ran the football very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got uh, Alabama this week. We'll get into that in, in a little bit. Vanderbilt's not getting anything done offensively and defensively really struggled against Purdue. Missouri bounced back. Kelly Bryant was sharp running and throwing, and the defense played much better against a really an outman rebuilding West Virginia team. Uh, Missouri bouncing back off their loss against uh, of, um, Wyoming. Mississippi State, um, Tommy Stevens, his health is going to be intriguing. They got an intriguing matchup against Kansas State this week. 
But Colin Hill has been outstanding the first couple of weeks running the football, a really nice win against Southern Miss. We went over A&M. Um, and, and I think what I would take out of A&M is things are fine. Um, the, the program's headed in the right direction. I thought they'd play a little bit better offensively against Clemson. Give credit to Clemson for that. Um, but I also think it shows where AM is in relation yeah, to Clemson. And I also think we're going to see another test with AM playing Alabama and AM playing Georgia and AM playing LSU. So we're going to get a good feel for where AM is. I still say you siphon Georgia and Clemson off the schedule next year. You're looking at a really good team. Georgia hadn't had much resistance. Um, you know, running the football well, getting some good play. Yes, they're developing some young receivers now, even though the, the competition's not good. So look out there. Alabama uh, still need to see more out of the running game. Uh, Kentucky, tough loss with Terry Wilson at quarterback. Florida was really sharp against UT Martin, but the Florida-Kentucky game is going to be intriguing this week. Really impressed with the defensive effort of Ole Miss the last couple of weeks. I think Mike McIntyre's had an impact there. I was impressed with how they played offensively. Arkansas really looks troubling. They look really bad, and I'm curious to see what rate of improvement they're going to have. Speaking of bad, oh, my God, things are bad in Knoxville. Um, Off the tough loss to Georgia State. This past week should have beaten BYU. Uh, They played better. They played more physical, but mental errors again killed them uh, in three deep. Playing thirds, they let a guy get behind them. BYU ties it, goes overtime. You know what the rest uh, played mm-hmm. out to be. Um, just really, really tough losses there. So, and in Auburn, I thought Auburn, slow start, trying to work in more of their offense, a gutty, well-coached two-lane team, but they're able to, to methodically put it away. So, um, thought it was a, a real interesting week. Um, saw some teams improvements, but you know, there's a little bit of good, bad and ugly in that group. No doubt. Yeah. Auburn concerned me for a little bit, but you know, they, they fought and they held on to the victory and I'm sure they're going to get better. That offense is going to get better. The more comfortable Bo Nix gets throughout the course of the season. Let's shift gears, Chris, and go to the ACC where I think the the most troubling thing is going to be Florida state. Um, they get by UL Monroe in overtime, Another week in which they allow a team to come back against them. Remember, they allowed the comeback against Boise State. They allow a comeback here against UL Monroe. And and side note here for Monroe, why not go for two there in overtime? You're in Tallahassee. You you just got the game to overtime. Go for the win. Uh, Well, actually, the game didn't go into overtime. It it, it was – I'm sorry. Did it go into overtime? Yes. I'm I'm thinking – I'm I'm thinking I've got so many games in my head. Yeah. They missed the extra point They missed the extra point. They sent it into the other one. Um, Here's why. why, Just go for two. I can can tell you why they wouldn't. Because they were moving the football against Florida State. And if they I get the extra point, they get the possession next. They're going to go ahead and score. Yeah, why, and then, yeah, I mean, that tells you right there what you need to know. Because in most cases, a team that's under man, they're going for two. Because yes. they don't feel they can hold up at that point. But why put it into a one-play game when you feel like you are got the advantage right now? So yeah. I think that says an awful lot. Yeah, no, it's uh, – little bit confused i'm thinking you know i'm thinking of another game that that came close to going in overtime yeah but the the mix extra point listen florida state escaped again what's happening with them 
is they're getting off the good starts offensively. The defense, which has some issues, are getting worn down, and that's why they can't protect leads, even against ULM. God help them if they can't get things figured out starting mm-hmm. this week against Virginia and going forward. They've got more talent than Virginia and mo- a lot of the teams that they're going to play in their ACC schedule, but they're not playing very well. That was certainly the storyline. Hey, Virginia, that's who um, Florida State has next. Playing well, obviously getting good play at the quarterback position. Perkins is good, uh, but the defense is well-positioned, playing good ball. Wake Forest takes care of business against Rice uh, on was it Thursday or Friday night. I'm losing track. Pitt ran the football well against Ohio. Um, and, and I thought Pickett started to play, make some good plays, but I, I still worry about where the explosive plays are going to come from. NC State, sneaky team, good defensive front again, and they're starting to run the football well. Virginia Tech, well, at least they don't get beat by Old, old Dominion, but the offense is still a work in progress. I said it before, I'll say it again. This is not the same Syracuse team. They've been senior late in the past couple of years. A lot of hype about they're the second best team in the ACC. I think it's debatable who the second team is. It ain't Syracuse. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, they're, they're not that good. And they got the. And they're in trouble. They're in off. trouble this week against Clemson. Well, they're going to get blown out. And, and even if Clemson's bored, uh, they'll blow them out when they're not bored. Um, you know, Maryland is, you know, just put up 63. That's alarmingly bad. Georgia Tech. Man, it it. I'm not saying a win's never ugly, but man, did they! It was like pulling teeth there. <laughs> um, it, South Florida is really struggling on offense, but they managed to get it done. Georgia Tech's offense is an issue. Their safeties are really good. Their defense is playing pretty good. I, I said that BC is a team to watch. They've got a dynamic quarterback, couple of playmakers at receiver. BC uh, is, uh, you know, I, I think maybe a little bit better than I gave them credit for. Uh, Duke took care of business against NCNT. They could move the football on Duke's defense. I'm impressed at what Louisville's doing. They are, for two weeks now, much better discipline, playing good ball. The story, though, the story. If Mac Brown, Mac baby. Brown in North Carolina. <laughs> and, you know, maybe on the negative side, the story is Florida State. Maybe on the positive side is how dominant Clemson is. But the story is how North Carolina is playing, and in particular, Sam Howell. He was the difference. I thought Miami made some plays defensively, but they couldn't get off the field when they needed to. And it's their quarterback, their freshman quarterback, that's playing like a veteran. That is a big-time story. Now, they've got an unusual game this week against Wake Forest. It's not counted in the conference matchups, but it's still important in terms of I know where North Carolina is and building their momentum. Uh, look out. They are playing with a lot of confidence. And the defensive front's doing a good job. So um, kind of a, my look and my thoughts around the uh, the ACC this week. To the Big Ten we go, Chris. Michigan struggling with Army. Uh, this game kind of reminiscent of the Army game last year against Oklahoma. Uh, they go into overtime. Michigan escapes with the victory. And if they don't come up with the strip sack fumble there, I don't know how this game plays out because I'm assuming Army then gets the field goal to tie it. They go into a third overtime. I don't know how that game plays out, Chris, but that is one of those games that maybe at the end of the year we're going to be looking back on and saying, hey, remember when Michigan survived against Army? Yes, um, it was survival. Uh, What I take out of the game is the concern over Michigan's offense. 
Um, that wasn't pretty. And listen, it, let me say that when the focus and plan an option team, you know, while it is on how you defend them, what it gets lost a little bit is how your offense becomes out of rhythm because you don't get enough reps and you're not, you're not getting into the flow and it hurts your rhythm, man. I, you know, that may have been part of it, but you could see they started to jump in a little bit, went a little more power. They did a very poor job. Patterson wasn't sharp. They didn't make many plays at all. And and that was concerning um, more, more so than anything. Let me just say this. They better get a lot better in a couple of weeks because Wisconsin's playing well. And, you know, Michigan can certainly play better. They're going to need to. Ohio State was very impressive against a very right. underrated Cincinnati team. Explosive, a lot of speed. Justin Fields is making good reads. They're running the football well. Defensively, I thought it was a good effort. Shout out Cincinnati. It's pretty impressive. Iowa, this sneaky, good, solid, shutting out Rutgers, outstanding. Maryland, that is the story thus far. What is going on? That offense is good. I talked all summer on LandryFootball.com about Anthony McFarland. I thought Josh Jackson could help their offense. But I didn't expect 60 burgers every week. I mean, yeah. my goodness. <laughs> this is going to get real interesting. And, man, hold on to your hat. In a, I think two weeks, two weeks from this Friday, Friday night in College Park, hosting Penn State. Boy, that's going to be a whole lot of fun. It should be a whole lot of offense. Uh, going to be real interesting in the Big Ten. Purdue got right against Vanderbilt. The offense, they threw it, threw it, threw it some more. Vandy couldn't stop them. Wisconsin, I, I realized it hadn't been great opponents, but it hadn't been the worst opponents. Uh, nobody scored a point on Wisconsin. Their defense is playing well. They are playing with kind of the Wisconsin toughness and focus that we've seen. I want to see how good this passing offense will be against good defenses. But everything else, Scott, looks pretty doggone good. Indiana was right on offense this week. Well, Illinois, I'll, tell you what, I'll, I'll tell you what doesn't look good is Nebraska losing to Colorado. Yeah, Nebraska has really struggled. They made a lot of mistakes. They blew a 17-0 lead. Colorado uh, really came back. Nice comeback for them. But Nebraska, it, it, they've got playmakers, but they are – kind of playing very loose in stretches on both sides of the ball. Last week it was on offense. This week it was on defense. It was an issue. Illinois is playing better defensively. Nice win against a bad UConn team. Penn State took care of business against Buffalo. Michigan State getting a little bit better on offense. We'll see how much better their defense was for real. Great win out on the West Coast. Tough loss for Fresno State. But Minnesota getting it done late, making a play down the stretch. Um, going to be interesting to see. I know we're going to break down some of the games coming up in the league, but, um, uh, you know, we got some real interesting showdowns coming up in a couple of weeks. I mentioned Maryland, Penn state, obviously after a bye week for Wisconsin and Michigan, those two guys hook it up. Going to be a lot of fun. Uh, a, a lot of statement games coming up soon. We talked about some of the big games in the Big 12. You mentioned uh, Missouri and their performance. We talked about Texas in their loss to LSU. But just going around the remainder of the Big 12, anything stand out to you from week two? Yeah, West Virginia's in rebuild, and, and that, yeah, clearly. Was, that was clearly issue. Kansas State, 
looks really solid. I'm curious to see what they do against Mississippi State this week. Baylor's really good. Maybe the third best team in the Big 12. We'll see. Oklahoma State is going to be Oklahoma State. A lot of points. Kansas has just got awful bad. Really, really bad. Texas Tech running the same offense. Good-looking team. And, of course, we talked uh, a little bit uh, about the the Texas performance. I was really impressed with a lot of things they did against LSU. They can take and grow from it. I said, and I didn't mean it as a detraction, that when I said at the beginning of the year that Texas is not a playoff team. I I don't think they beat LSU. I mean, I didn't think they would beat LSU, and I don't think they beat Oklahoma. And I don't know that it's a given that they go unbeaten in the rest of their games. But I think 10-2 and is possible. 9-3 Nine and three is expected in my view. Texas is Texas going to be fine. They're good. And man, is Sam Ellinger a big time playmaker? Oh, I mean, yeah. I take him and Joe Burrow any day. Those guys are big boy quarterbacks. I can tell you. Let's go to the Pac-12, Chris. Uh, KJ Costello is going to come back for Stanford this week, but he wasn't there last week against USC. The Trojans go on to win Slovis with uh, 377 yards and three touchdowns. Very impressive as he's going to be the guy to lead them this year now. And uh, the Trojans find themselves in the top 25 after that win. No doubt about it. Slovis is the real deal. This kid's really good. He and we talked about Sam Howell a little bit ago at North Carolina. This kid is really good. And they got great receivers, and they're getting the ball a lot quick. So, you know, he's got that flat liner quality, but they're also doing a good job with them, and it's they're running the football out of the spread. I'm telling you, uh, I, I don't want to jump on them and say, look up, but they have enough talent. couple of weeks, they play Utah. Friday <laughs> night game in the Coliseum. It's going to be an awful lot of fun. Utah's better. They're certainly better coach. But, listen, Clay Helton um, – is showing some signs of life. We can't get out of this conversation, though, without mentioning that with Lynn Swan gone, yeah, I mean, that's not a great situation for Clay Helton. So nope. while they are, it, it, it looked to be improved, probably anything short of winning the South, and Clay's likely gone. And I think the biggest concern I would have for the program is that they're not really recruiting at the level that USC should be recruiting. But played well. They looked, for the first time in about seven years, they looked infinitely better athletically than Stanford. Stanford, Mills is going to be a good young quarterback, but he's not there yet. They've got some playmakers. They couldn't match up defensively against USC's offense. So um, that's what I took out of that game. Arizona State, not all of that impressive against Sac State. Utah took care of business gradually against Northern Illinois. We talked a little bit about the Buffs' great win. Oh, my God, UCLA, they can't run the football. And if you can't run the football, people are ganging up on them and the quarterback can't can't throw it in the ocean standing on the pier. I mean, it's just – it's really a problem, and defensively they can't get off the field. Washington State, again, one of the top five teams overall in the Pac-12, still very good, and they just move on. Uh, they're They're playing well at quarterback. Yes, they're throwing the football. The receivers are, are, are playing well. Oregon gets right offensively, offensive, uh, uh, offensively rather, explodes. I was one of the idiots that stayed up to 3.30 in the morning uh, to watch Cal Washington uh, was finish their game. Washington not getting it done on offense. Jacob Beeson's got arm talent, but they've got to get more out of that offense. Cal is a really good team. 
the secondary is one of the best coached in the country. That's going to be interesting. They go to Oxford to play Ole Miss, I believe, next week or the week after. Um, they're they're really an underrated team. I think they're going to be a, a bigger factor in the North race. They're not going to challenge to win it, but they're going to have a lot to say about who does. That's a good win, and you know what? Um, you know, their outstanding linebacker Weaver, you know, said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna get it." Done. Did a little trash talking. Evan did a really good job, and and uh, they they took care of business. Uh, Arizona scoring a lot of points, getting the running game going, but man, they can't stop anybody. Northern Arizona scored forty-one on them. Oregon State, what are you doing here? I mean, they had control of the game against Hawaii, moving the football. Then the mistakes started to happen. All of a sudden, you give Hawaii opportunities on the islands. They lose the game 31-28. Look, this is not an awful Oregon State team. I mean, they're they're but but they can't make mistakes and overcome it. That was uh, that was a tough loss for the Beefs. And real quick before we get out of here, talk about the group of five. Uh, Boise with a win on Friday night and UCF with a victory uh, over Florida Atlantic. Yeah, we're gonna get into it. Central Florida. Stanford. Oh man, is that going to be fun this week? You know how big that is going to be for UCF. Boise continues to be Boise. I think with a young quarterback, they've got something. They'll play good defensively. Um, look, that that's that was a huge win. We talked about it. They've got the ability to go unbeaten this year. Uh, now that they've you know they they put aside to, uh, Florida State, so we'll see. Maintaining focus, injuries are a big factor, but. Boise is going to be a player. I don't think they're elite, and the win against Florida State's not going to give them any, you know, push, you know, but, you know, they could end up with a gaudy record uh, this year. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the College Football Film Room podcast, where in our next episode, we will get to a week three preview, and we'll go over some of the games that we will see in each of the conferences. But for more breakdowns on what we saw in week two, be sure to head to LandryFootball.com, where, Chris, you got film room breakdowns on all of these conferences. Absolutely. What we do, we break it down by conference. We preview the games by conference. We may feature a couple of games that, that we take outside the conference boxes, I like to call it, and just talk about them more in depth. But we break down every game within each conference so you get a good feel for everything going into the game, and then we review it. Take it inside the film room. We tell you what happened. Hand out game balls every week. We don't have enough time to do it here on this podcast, but you go and see who graded out the best within the conference on film each and every week. So um, it's a great resource to in increase your enjoyment of the college football game and the pro game at LandryFootball.com. We've got a 50% discount. Take advantage of that uh, for the year membership. Join us today. You won't be disappointed. Well, Chris, where do I go when I want winners, when I need more information? VegasSportsAdvisors.com has a dozen pros posting their picks. It's not a betting site. It's just information, and I want as much information as possible before I place my bets. So check it out. Use our promo code. It'll get you a free week, so why won't you just try it? VegasSportsAdvisors.com. Use the promo code COLLEGEFILMROOM. Be sure to subscribe uh, to the podcast. As I mentioned, follow Chris on Twitter at LandryFootball. Follow me at Scott's On Air. And in our next episode, we will preview the games for this coming weekend in college football. For Chris Landry, I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is the College Football Film Room Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.